Welcome back everyone to Four Eyes, the podcast series that gives you a clear view into the optometry world across Canada and the US. And we are back with another new grad case reflection. Today, it's Alex's turn. So Alex, why don't you kick it off? (laughs) Well, I saw this patient about a month ago and it's 50 year old white male. Last eye exam was with us in October of 2020. So the complaint came in as an emergency. Complaint is about six or seven days ago, I noticed that my distance vision was very blurry. The way that I am able to see my computer screen, which is about three feet away, is I tilt my head back and look through the low portion of the progressive lens. The blurred vision came on gradually over the past week. And one day I just noticed it was extremely difficult to see in both eyes. It is as if my glasses were upside down. Everything else is pretty normal with my vision is just blurry. There's no pain, irritation, headaches. The vision today is even more blurry than it was yesterday. And then his last checkup was with a PCP about 10 months ago. Medical history, he has high blood pressure and seasonal allergies. Versions were unrestricted smooth. Um, CVF was full fields. IOPs were 15, 13, and pupils were five over three with no APD. So the glasses verified mm-hmm. at minus four and a quarter, minus three axis 75 has a little bit of an add of plus 175. The other eye, the left eye is minus five and a quarter, minus 250 axis 125. So the best vision what we that we got for distance was 2040 minus one for the right eye and then 2030 minus one for the left eye. Is all this information so far just what your technicians and your scribe does before you see the patient? It is. Yep. Some of the the chief complaint is what I asked as well. And so it kind of is all linked together. But I was going to say, dang, your scribe is really thorough. (laughs) No, I mean, no, she is, but (laughs) (laughs) she is thorough. But like a lot of it was me asking questions too. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So then the glasses verified best corrected with both eyes was 2030 minus one okay and i repeated so the refraction that was done in 10 2020 basically reflected that being accurate his prescription okay. and he could see 2020 plus in the right eye and 2015 in the left eye both eyes he could see 2015 how old is this patient again 50 year old white male oh. Okay. What are some questions that you guys would have asked at this point? What are his autos like? I don't have that information in front of me, but (laughs) (laughs) that is a good question. (laughs) When he's looking, it was like suddenly became blurry for him when he was looking at his computer and then he tilted his head back and it became a little bit more better. He tilted his glasses up. Up. He tilted his head. Yeah. So So he's he's looking through more hyperopic. Getting this gradual hyperopic shift. Um, but it happened over a week and a day. A week. Are there any questions, though, that you guys would ask the patient on top of? Any was he in like, stress? Yeah. That, that's one of the questions I asked. I asked, have you had an increase in stress over the last five months just because, you know, that time that we haven't seen him? And he said, yes, since August, he's had multiple causes. He's going through a divorce and he's adjusting mm. to single life. Oh, it's so, a um, up in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, we should have been like, that's no stress. <laughs> Boy, you are stress-free now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so another, a few other questions I asked, I said, is there any recent illness or change in medications yeah. Yeah. or even trauma about- or anything like hit yep. in the head or something? Head or- he, so, well, people are coming wearing masks. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's hard to see at head. There was no trauma, um, but it's hard to see anything around his mouth. Mm-hmm. He said a week and a half ago, he went to urgent care and the PA actually drained an infection that was on his upper lip. Oh, whole face was swollen, but he says today it's 90% better. And he was on an antibiotic and it took a little bit for that to kick in, but he hasn't recalled any vision shift. He doesn't think it's due to that basically. is Okay. That happened he, one month ago. No, it happened a week and a half ago. So around the same time that actually oh, started wow. changing vision, right? Yeah. But he doesn't think it's linked. Um, but I also asked if there's any type of steroid use. So, you know, are you taking steroids or working out at the gym, that kind of thing? Um, and he said, no history of any steroids. And then I also asked, does your vision fluctuate throughout the day? Do your eyes feel watery, gritty, or dry throughout the day? Um, he says occasionally, but not really too much, basically. And then I also asked, did you have blood work done at your PCP at your last visit? And he said, he thinks he did. He said that his PCP basically told me his high blood pressure and his blood sugar was fine. He thought. Oh, okay. So are there any differential diagnosis so far? It's hard to, sometimes I feel like with patients like this, with gradual decreased vision, sometimes I don't even go through the differentials in my mind because I'm just like, you know what, if the glasses aren't fixing you, we gonna dilate. <laughs> yeah. just see what's back there and then figure it out that way yeah so I feel like I'm not even like thinking I guess that's like me too I don't even think about differentials if they're like if there's any issues with vision or if they're their vision I can't get them to like 2020 or something yeah. like that then I'm like all right there what's what's going on at the back of the eye especially with his age I'd be like all right yeah dialect yeah because (laughs) I need to mentally think I need to mentally prepare myself for something like worse so I go through my differentials I'm like what is this good for you Rav (laughs) me and Amrit are just like no emergency (laughs) well and I think a benefit of like our practice is I get to see a lot of info before I see the patient. So yeah, as they're so. working them up, I can see what's happening and be like, okay, what do I think is happening? Especially with emergency mm-hmm. patients. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice. Well, I guess you could say, okay, I changed my answer. So when I get that information, <laughs> I'm not thinking of specific differential diagnoses, but I'm already thinking it's most likely something like posterior seg. Like in that, you know, in, in my mind, it's not like, okay, your refraction is still, you know, not that great or your vision didn't really improve. Now we're going to figure out it's something retinal or it's something, you know, in the back of the eye. That That's, that's my differential. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so I haven't, so Alex I basically like, did. Nothing was wrong in the back <laughs> of the eye. Now what? <laughs> well, no. So I repeated we the refraction. Can't. Okay. His refraction. So at the last visit, like I said, it was minus four and a quarter yeah. that day. It was minus two fifty. <gasps> Hyper optic shift. Okay. 
That's huge. And then he was minus five and a quarter. And that day he was minus 375. So yep, hyperopic shift for the right eye was plus 175. For the left eye was plus 150. And he got down to 2020, right? 2020, 2015, and then 2015 oh, okay. with both eyes. Yep. Um, he had. He said he had swelling in the face. On his leg. He didn't. So not around the eyes, though. But I'm wondering, yeah. like, is there some internal swelling now, like behind the eye? Happening. He said no headaches or no. Uh, nope. CBF was fine, but obviously. I'm sure your text did not do a Humphrey visual field. During- well, I do the CVF. So I did. Okay. So some, I guess some of that info was me. So I do the CVF. I do the versions and okay. then pupils. Okay. So, and it's all clear. Yeah. Yep. All that was clear. Oh, Anterior segment was unremarkable, except for there's decreased tear meniscus. Um, and he had a little bit of cataracts, but they've been stable for about three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So while the patient was dilating, I ran an OCT wellness mm-hmm. just to check at, you know, if it is CSR, mm-hmm. um, then I just wanted to have that just while he was dilating because just cleared up some time basically. Uh, with the wellness, we don't charge though. And so he wasn't going to get what charged for it. What is OCT wellness? It takes a general... Um, it takes a scan of the macula, but it's not as in depth, basically. But you can see all the layers and okay. at least yeah. That's so what it's we... like a it gives you like a general idea of what's going on with the macula, so you have a general idea of what's wait what's happening there, which right. is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so posterior segment was actually stable. There was no hypertensive retinopathy, no diabetic retinopathy. There's history of lattice. I'm like so sure. I'm like, oh my God, it's CSR. I'm 100% sure. I know. That's yeah. what Ramsey, I This is what happens when you try to prepare beforehand. Yeah, prepare. Me don't and Amber just go in there not knowing anything, not yeah. pre- mentally prepared oh, for anything. Morning, yeah, I feel like this would stress me out more. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to yeah. do now. Well, and part of it, so part of it though, was I was able to correct him to 2020 with CSR. You can't get him to 2020, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to check and make sure maybe mm-hmm. it's like the start of it or, you know, something like that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I had the same idea, Rav. That's what I was like banking on was that, you know, yeah. this is, he sounds like the typical yeah. white male stressed out. Sounds mm-hmm. like it. Right. So at that point I asked the patient if he's had any other health changes that we haven't discussed yet, any weight loss, weight gain in the last six months. Patient reported losing 40 pounds in the last five months with just a slight adjustment in um, portion size. (laughs) And um, so like he has alcohol every day now and he's like, could that basically become an issue? And we kind of talked about how it would have to be a lot more in long-term basically. So at this point, my tentative diagnosis is diabetes because you can have large weight drop gains and weight losses. And so what I recommend to the patient is in the next two weeks, go have a checkup, get blood work done. Um, We'll send the chart to the PCP. And then I told them, do not get new glasses right now. Mm -hmm. Just try to find an older pair and we'll see you back in about two weeks. For the blood work, did you um, like decide on which specific test you wanted or? I want A1C checked. Okay. Yeah. And then also just a normal um, blood sugar draw too. Because we basically sent the info over to the PCP. We don't send the blood work itself to Mm -hmm. the lab, but 
we kind of just sent a letter to them basically explaining what we thought is happening and this is what's happening with the eye basically okay um and you said this was unintentional weight loss yeah he basically said i mean he's changed slightly in the portions yeah but he's having pizza still he's having like not very healthy food five pizzas just what pizza no home cooked (laughs) meals anymore not quick yeah and so i reduced my portion size i didn't lose 40 pounds that was yeah (laughs) Yeah. So much it, easier I mean, for a- men to lose weight though, I feel like compared to <laughs> yeah. women, women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did see him back two weeks later. He basically says that he's wearing prescription from 2018. They are a weaker prescription, so he can see us slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, the refraction that day, instead of the two and a quarter, it was a minus three. And then he was a minus 450. So he's kind of creeping back up to mm-hmm. what he mm-hmm. was back at you know in September and his vision really didn't change much over time either the last like five years has been pretty steady like maybe a click change here and there so our plan is to see him I think I see him actually next week and he's gonna after that he would have seen his PCP at that point okay so we didn't get the report back yet for his blood no Man, that is so crazy. Cause I thought CSR as well. Like he's going through a stressful time, even like, um, I guess if his VAs were not improved, I would also maybe think of like non-organic visual loss. Like, you know, when people just kind of go through stress and they just, their, their fields constrict and they just, they, they kind of, it's, it's like a non-malingering syndrome. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I was also thinking maybe it was just a really bad I was thinking like the lens, something that could maybe be. Maybe he's going just on really over lens. minus. Yeah, he was he, just he was realized. fine for five months though. He yeah. Could see, you know, and then all of a sudden a week, week and a half, you know, seven days or seven, eight days, he can't see as well. Yeah. So and there was like no bleeding, nothing in the back of the eye. Like a- no. I feel like this no. has to really be related to the significant weight loss like I don't know why I just feel like if you lose that much weight that fast maybe that's affecting your prescription since it's almost like eight pounds a month yeah no it's 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 significant that's yeah that's a lot of weight yeah and he hadn't seen his PCP is he like overweight right now still or is he like he didn't look overweight he looked you know like just average Okay. You wouldn't think that he had lost 50 pounds either. Though, okay. Kind of thing. Okay. Cause I was thinking if you're like more overweight, then it's easier to lose that much weight in a shorter right. amount of time. But if, you know, if he's already average weight, then that's, it's still significant. Wow. Yeah. So, so I guess the lessons learned were don't assume because we assume <laughs> otherwise you make an ass, ass out of you. <laughs> <and> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like if, if I sat down and thought exactly. about it with that much of a change, I'd be like, maybe it is diabetes, but then I would just feel so confused about the posterior seg. I'd be like, mm. why isn't there any signs of... Maybe just like minimal increase in like the NS, which from the naked eye, like you can't tell the difference, but mm-hmm. it's enough to cause that big of a change in the hyperopia. Yeah, maybe yeah. some cataract changes that are just not 
visible to the naked eye. I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that definitely could play a factor, but the fact that he kind of went more nearsighted yeah. again, though. That's what's not me, because it's like fluctuating vision, right? So that's yeah. why it's like, oh, what Alex was saying, like it's probably some sort of vascular issue or diabetes, because if it was a, if it was the lens, then he would have been going one way mm-hmm. right. the entire time. Yeah. And not- what, they, like, what about like some sort of like corneal edema? Right, his cornea was clear though. Corne- I can mean, you have like edema from high blood sugar? Probably. Because then, I mean, if you think about it sustainably, if you lose so much weight, it probably is affecting your water channels to some extent. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, but again, yeah. I think I think it kind of goes back to like, I think the same way. I think the weight loss, the significant mm-hmm. weight loss has changed something some structure in the eye regardless of if the weight loss is related to diabetes or not but i think in general if someone loses that much weight that fast even if it was intentional they i think they would go through significant vision changes um that'll be interesting for any of our listeners to also let us know if they have any patients Mm -hmm. they've experienced with significant weight loss who have had vision changes and maybe it wasn't even related to any structural damage to the eye that would be really interesting to know too good job wait alex when do you find out what happens with this i think i see him either this week or next week i know it's coming up like i said i'm on the schedule so i'll know here soon hopefully what if his a1c is normal you know (laughs) (laughs) you know know what we're not we're gonna cross that bridge when it (laughs) yeah I would probably say he needs to get an MRI Mm -hmm. because it could be tumor related. Yeah. So I'm hope, I mean, you don't hope somebody has diabetes, but I'm hoping it's more related to that than it is a tumor because. But um, for anyone listening, if you guys have any differential diagnoses or different thoughts going through your head or different tests you would have done, Uh, feel free to go on our Instagram for this IGTV and comment there or comment on our post on Instagram that'll be related to the episode or DM us or tag us in stories. Let us know um, because it'll be really interesting to know everyone else's thought process when they're Mm -hmm. going through in a weird case like this where really right now there's no, there's no completion to this case. Um, So yeah, let us know. Which is like most, like a lot of cases that we probably go through a lot of the times, especially if we refer off to someone mm-hmm. else and we're like, I wonder what happened to that patient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to come back and record the ending of this episode because when we first talked about Alex's case, she was still waiting on the results from the family physician from getting the blood work done. So now we finally have the results back. And Alex, do you mind telling us what it is? Drum roll, please. <laughs> it was diabetes. <laughs> Woo! We he, guessed it. We guessed yes. it. His so, A1C was 9.2. Nine? 9.2. <laughs> okay. Yep. And that's not so, that, that's not yeah. too high for him. Like that definitely could have gone uh, missed if he didn't come in for his eye exam. Well, he came in as an emergency. It wasn't even a normal eye exam. He came in because his glasses, he's like, I can see better in the lower portion than the upper portion now yeah. at distance. So, yeah. 
But his, you said his retina looked healthy though. Yeah, there's like no. His macula wasn't swollen. His retina wasn't like there's no bleeding, no retinopathy that you could see. Right. I'm curious to know how did he get a hyperopic shift then if there's no like, like I, I would still assume that swelling would have caused the hyperopic shift, like from diabetic retinopathy and macular edema. <laughs> Are you going to have him back for follow-up then? Like, would you do any other testing then now that he's diabetic to see where the shift, like, well, I did the, um, dilated exam already the first day he came in. Um, and then I've seen him back now three times total in the last six weeks. So I probably will see him back for his annual unless mm -hmm. he's having any more issues. Did his refractive error change again now that he's starting treatment? It wasn't very, it was very close to what it was the last time I did a refraction on him. So it still was a hyperopic shift, but his mm -hmm. blood sugar also hasn't come down significantly. Not yet, right? So, yeah. right, because he just started treatment, so. So I was looking up um, possible causes of a temporary bilateral hyperopic shift. And some of these we did talk about um, earlier in the episode, but if we start from the front of the eye and work posteriorly, so if like taking a closer look at the cornea, where there's a possible reduction in the curvature of the cornea mm -hmm. that can induce hyperopia due to some sort of corneal pathology, right? Um, I know Amrit mentioned this before, Addy's tonic pupil can be associated with the hyperopic shift. So it's so important to check pupils if they're equal round and if they're briskly reactive. Um, of course, we talked about cataracts. Usually that causes a myopic shift, but they can occasionally produce hyperopia, especially with anterior cortical changes, right? And then even posterior dislocation of the lens itself can induce hyperopia. And then we just talked about this. Um, we were talking about something like uh, pushing the RPE or retina anteriorly, um, which can shorten the axial lengths, um, like due to an orbital mass. So I know Alex, that was one of your major concerns at the beginning um, mm. that can definitely induce hyperopia. So reviewing OCT and doing an MRI are important, possibly in these kind of specific circumstances. And then also reviewing their medication list, except mm -hmm. I couldn't find any medication in any literature that can cause hyperopic shifts. There's a lot that can cause myopic shifts, but do you guys know any that can potentially cause hyperopic shifts? No, no. Yeah. So, mm -mm. so I couldn't find any medications there. So if anyone knows of particular medications that can cause a hyperopic shift, let us know. Um, and yeah. Good job for figuring that out. Cause that literally, I don't know, diabetes was was not the first differential on any of our minds. So um, it was a really good call to do blood work on that one for sure. Thank you to everyone for listening to Four Eyes. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating to give us feedback on how we're doing. You can also check us out on Instagram at Four Eyes Optum for more content. Look out for new episodes every Wednesday. So until then, stay tuned. Stay tuned.